And then we're live. Okay. We're live. We're live. Can you hear me? Yes. Bonjour. Welcome to the latest episode of Indian Way with Johnny R. <clears throat> I'm your host, Johnny R. Obviously, the podcast that records live from the southern shore of the mighty Red Lake. And I'm here on a special, <coughs> well, special for me, special occasion for me, because I received my copy of the book I'm featured in, me along with uh, Adrian Chalapala, 1491s, and uh, other native comedians. It's called, We Had a Little Real Estate Problem, which is also a, um, a uh, joke the late Charlie Hill had, a killer joke the late Charlie Hill had back in the day. And it was it, written by Cliff Nesteroff. He's a comedy historian. I met him in San Bernardino, California in 2018. And, and he took uh, took my story, was interested in my story, my life, uh, not just in comedy, but in, in, uh, in general. So I sat with him in San Bernardino. Then I phone tag it. After that, and he wrote a few things about me in this book. And what I wanted to do was, uh, <clears throat> I read a little bit of it today. You know, there's pieces and pieces I'm a part of in this book. And there's a lot of, uh, you know how they do the, um, the the DVD commentary on movies? That's what, that's what I was going to do here. So I'll read a little bit, and then if there's a uh, lot of discrepancy, but something that uh, needs... To be clarified, that's what I'll do here. And right now I'm featured in, I believe it's chapter one. It's uh, Johnny Roberts drives five hours to every gig and five hours back. You know, that's the life, the life I, I chose for comedy. That's how I do my comedy. Take my cool flag. Better than the chairman's flag, huh? No? Anyway. But, um, yeah, this is... I read a little bit earlier, and I just wanted to... First of all, you know, Johnny Roberts is uh, not what I, what I go by. It's either Johnny R. or John Roberts. You know, not the... But, you know, the, the, just little things. Little things. But uh, throughout the book, I'm referred to as uh, Johnny Roberts. But in the back, I'm referred to as uh, John Roberts. So. And my ugly first name is Lydell. So, at least he didn't call me Lydell. My government name, you know. But... Um, yeah, I talked to him a few times, and uh, this is chapter one. I believe it's chapter one. Called Johnny Roberts drives five hours to every gig and five hours back. And it goes a little something like this. For an Ojibwe social worker, see right there, at the time I worked for uh, child protection, though I wasn't uh, legally a social worker. I worked with uh, uh, families and children. Uh, kind of like a like a res social worker, I suppose. You know, I was a case manager. I did that, and yeah, that's a little clarification off the bat. So, you know, five words five words in. I'm trying to anyway. For an Ojibwe social worker and part time stand up in the Red Lake Nation, getting to the closest open mic night requires an arduous five hour drive. Johnny R says goodbye to his wife, two children, and eight young foster kids. And there's that um. At the time, my wife and I were in the the middle of um, in the middle of uh, adoption, you know, finishing the adoption process, and we never liked the term foster kids, 
um, you know, as we as the kids got older, we we realized that's not um, it's not what they are to us. You know, so look at uh, it's just the way the way we um, you know we learned that. You know, even though we were foster parents for years, we have been for years, and to to call them foster kids wasn't fair to them, and also not uh, something we were comfortable with. So you might hear foster foster parents, foster kids in this book, and I did not mean to say that at the time. It's just how you know my story, our story, it, it is like that. We're, we refer to them as foster kids, but the, all eight of them right now are legally in our custody. They are all adopted. They are all out of the the um, uh, foster care system. All eight, all eight kids are officially. They're going to be Robert's kids, which is um, kind of you know the way it should be. You know, we've had them since birth, so all of our kids will be Roberts. They are adopted. They are our. They are ours. And we will refer to them as such. So, yeah, that's just a big foster parent thing that bugs my wife, bugs me. And so that's cleared up. Um, where was I now? <clears throat> oh, foster kids before departing. Roberts is driving to Minneapolis to do a show for an audience that might not even show up. Happens a lot. It's a long drive there and a long drive back. A total of ten hours. But it's the only way for this reservation comic to get himself some stage time. True. After having logged several hundred thousand miles, driving vast distances from gig to gig, his 2014, 2004 Chevy Silverado has stopped working. Roberts thinks it's a transmission. He borrows his wife's black Dodge Nitro this afternoon and heads in the direction of Highway 89. Pretty much farmland all the way there until St. Cloud, says Roberts. There are a few malls, gas stations, but mostly a lot of nothing. As he drives past the water tower with the Red Lake Nation insignia, he stops at the Red Lake Trading Post. Shout out to the Trading Post. To fill up the tank. It'll cost $120 to get him to the gig and back. A gig that pays $0 and will last for seven minutes. Red Lake encompasses 800,000 acres of mostly flat landscape. Robert's grew up there, obsessively recording stand-up comedians off television. Which, yeah, I have done that. Recording VHS tapes of the 1980s comedy boom. Commuting is his only option. He has few neighbors who share his passion. They've tried comedy shows at the casino here, but it's hard to get people to come out. There's not much interest for comedy shows in this area, and not much opportunity for stage time. So I take the 260-mile round trip for the experience. There is resilience in Red Lake, yet the reservation reels from intergenerational trauma in the form of addiction and suicide. A survey by the Minnesota Department of Health and Education determined that 48% of high school girls have attempted to end their life and 80% have considered it. In a community with fewer than 2,000 people, neighbors, friends, and family members are affected. In his capacity as a social worker, there's that word again, social worker, case man, let's say case manager. Uh, Roberts is only too familiar with the issues. As he heads towards the highway, he drives past a series of homemade billboards created by local school kids as part of a class project. Up with hope, down with dope, and it's life or meth. You guys have seen those, seen those um, signs, right? I'm, I finally know how to use the, uh, the scroll down to see uh, comments, so... <clears throat> Where are we at now? Oh, 
Thirty miles into the commute, he enters Bemidji, Minnesota, and stops for a bathroom break. Down the street is a statue that stands 18 feet tall, made of concrete and plaster, the roadside attraction known as Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox, has adorned thousands of postcards since 1937. Now armed with, <clears throat> with a bag of packaged popcorn, Robert takes the route, U.S. Route 2 out of the city and fumbles with the phone card. He chews up a playlist of podcasts, WTF with Mark Marin, Urban Indians, hosted by Gabriel Nightshield, Char Green, and uh, Crime Spree at the time, Red Man Laughing, hosted by Ryan McMahon, the homie Ryan McMahon, and the Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. He has four more hours to go. Arriving in Minneapolis just as the sun is setting, he walks into the Spring Street Tavern, where 15 young comedians are milling about. There are nine people in the crowd. That was a rough night. Robert sits in a corner, reviewing a notepad, scratching out some topics, and adding others. Tonight is his first bout of stage time in 47 days. 90 minutes later, he's on stage telling jokes. <clears throat> I think it's great that Bruce Jenner transitioned to Caitlyn Jenner, he tells the sparse crowd, but I don't think she should have a she should have picked a young woman's name. I mean, she's 70 years old. Are you kidding me? Her name should be Gladys. That's <clears throat> that is my joke, but that's not how I... I don't think I've said it that way. And out of context, it's a terrible joke. So, But yeah. After the show, the other open mic comedians are hanging out, smoking joints, talking about their next gig. I didn't say... I, I, I didn't tell anybody that was smoking joints down there, man. I wasn't... Where was I? Um, but Roberts is already gone. He has to make his house full of kids... He has to take his house full of kids to daycare in the morning. It's 11 p.m. and there's a five-hour drive ahead of him. I've been doing stand-up for eight years. At the time, it was eight years. Now I'm in my 12th year. Uh, sometimes I think I should just quit. And I have I think about that every time. Like right now. Compared to his contemporaries in Los Angeles and New York, the amount of stage experience Roberts has is minimal. In New York, a comedian with eight years of experience can get on stage every single night. Someone who's really hustling can do as many as six shows in a single evening. Roberts is lucky if he gets on stage once a month. That's true. <clears throat> that makes it hard to move forward. Most open mic hopefuls are between the ages of 18 and 23. Roberts is in his early 40s. I'm in my mid-40s. It's an advanced age for sure, although they said Rodney Dangerfield went back to comedy at 44 or so. That's always in the back of my head. <clears throat> some of his ambitions, some of his ambition is motiv motivated by a desire to get away from his job, and some of the things he has seen as a social worker have left him shaken. I just want to walk away from things I read about in the files. I just want to walk away from what I see on a daily basis. I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. I have no outlet. Robert's hopes stand up is the answer, and that's chapter one. And I have to dig through the other part of the where I'm featured. But that's where where I'm at. That's what uh, what I'll be reading. I also added to my... I don't know if you can see my uh, Ojibwe bookshelf here. <clears throat> it's being held together by two pieces of firewood. I'm an outdoorsman. Okay, that's a lie. I'm not an outdoorsman. But, yeah, I, just reading this book, I... You know, it makes me think about what I'm doing comedy for. I still don't know. It's more a uh, 
more of a selfish reason that I do it. You know, leaving my wife to to tend to the children while I'm out trying to chase this silly dream. And I don't know, I really don't know where it's... <clears throat> Obviously, it hasn't taken me to where I want to go yet, so... Uh, it's looking doubtful that it ever really will, but it was a lot of fun. Comedy is a lot of fun. When you can get a good, good rugged crowd that just digs all your, um, I don't want to say pervy, but I don't know, just res, not, it's not even rugged res humor. It's just, just, uh, I was born in Generation X, you know. Grew up on Scooby-Doo, Dukes of Hazard, Saved by the Bell, and professional wrestling. You know, that's that's just the way the, the way I grew up. You know? But you know, <clears throat> I was you know, again, I was considering giving up comedy, giving up the multimedia. You know, this little thing I'm doing here, the podcast, and uh, uh, trying to book shows and I was gonna give it up because you know I gotta I gotta be a professional you know I work a full-time job and I need the life insurance the medical and dental insurance and it uh, helps put food on a table for the kids you know so it really is time to reconsider where I'm at what I'm doing what kind of uh, information I'm putting out in the real world and think about what what can come back and bite me in the ass, you know? Because the things that I say aren't really, you know, controversial or anything. You know, I don't go, I don't talk about shit I can't verify, you know. But I will talk about topics that will come up and just put my little spin on it, you know. I'm just a concerned citizen. I'm just a, a, just a reser, you know, concerned father want uh, what's best for this this place probably like you do but I don't know I gotta try and find the other because I'm, I'm in like different parts of this and I know there's pictures in here which is pretty cool you know and on this here Judd Apatow read it Steve Martin read it so this comes out where's Erica we have a little real estate problem. It comes out February 16th. The unheralded story of Native Americans in comedy. So that's what where I'm at, what I'm doing. Also, I just got I just got back from work at four o'clock. Working an eight to four job like a real like a real responsible adult. So yeah. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. So get your copy of this. It'll be, you know, wherever books are sold. Amazon or uh, this one came from Simon and Schuster. Is that what it's called? I've never been featured in a book before. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So my mom, I always tell my mom, you know, I was always a goof off as a kid. It's kind of paying off a little bit, you know. Not really, but whatever. I don't know where I'm at. What I'm doing. I gotta go to the store here, and I gotta pick up all my kids, and I gotta bring them back, and I gotta watch them eat what my wife cooks. 
I, I, I'm retired from pasta. I can't eat spaghetti anymore. I can't eat mac and cheese. I can't eat, uh, uh, what is that, parmesan? Not parmesan. What is that? That ugly. Fettuccine. I can't eat that anymore. I can't eat hot wings. I can't eat ice cream. You know, all the, all the fun shit I can't eat anymore. Kind of, uh, depressing now that I think about it. But, I don't know who's watching here. Four of you watching? Any questions? Any? Maybe I'll just delete this later. Later. I got this vicious res accent. I didn't even realize I have it anymore. Used to? But, I'm recording this live. For those of you list, that are going to be listening on um, iTunes later, um, what is that other? Spotify and Google Play and Anchor app, all that stuff. But what else was I going to talk about? I forgot. Maybe I'll do another one later. Everybody's at work probably right now. There's like eight of you still watching. Thank you for watching. Thank you take, for taking an interest. Go out and get this book. There's a lot of things. There's some things that I, I have said that I shouldn't have, but I did anyway. Because, you know, don't be a scum or something. But, but I see a lot of uh, all of my fellow native comedians have been going live a lot lately. And that's, <clears throat> we got we to gotta stay sharp somehow, you know think on our feet, on our toes. Got to be on our toes doing this thing called comedy. You know, I was watching Adrian Chompa earlier today and I was watching Milo Smith last night and uh, I know uh, Chance Rush was interested in putting me on his Facebook show, so hopefully that, that works out sometime soon. Uh, what else is there? Oh, I got a question. Yes. Question. Question, did you become a Cubs fan when Red Lake got channel 63? Rosdog Jordan sent that. Yes, <clears throat> I did become a Cubs fan when Red Lake got channel 63, which was uh, WGN in Chicago. Um, growing up, we had three, four channels at the time. I also remember we used to get, uh, on channel 61, do you remember we used to get uh, WPIX and also uh, that turned changed into WTBS. So I initially start watching WGN with my grandpa in the summers. It's been all summer over there. He'd watch baseball and I'd sit there with him and we just, you know, that created a bond for, uh, for me and him. So that's why I started watching the Cubs and still, still watch them a little bit today. And that's, uh, but yeah, channel 63 had a big Big effect on me. It's the reason I watch the Cubs to this day. And also, <clears throat> growing up, we didn't have... I don't remember seeing any Twins games ever being telecast up here. Telecast, that's really old school. Any, um... Any Twins... There were never any Twins games on while I was growing up. I remember watching the Braves on WTBS and then the Yankees. Um, but I never... Never, uh... Never saw a Twins game. I knew... I heard the name Kirby Puckett. But I never saw a Twins game until my Uncle Joe took their uh, Little League team down to uh, the Metrodome in 1985, maybe. That game I saw Kirby Puckett, Rod Carew. Um, who else was there? Reggie Jackson. 
Reggie Jackson was playing for the Angels at the time, I believe. So I got three three Hall of Famers. And then in 89, we got to watch the Cubs. We watched, uh, 89, we watched the Cubs play the Twins in the spring, spring training exhibition, which was probably the highlight of my, my younger years. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that question, Res Dog. Who was also probably the Res Dog, Gary Jordan Jr., probably one of the one of the main reasons I was able to uh, get started in comedy. You know, he, he booked me, which is actually, it's in here, but they don't mention his name. I told the guy his name, but he just wasn't mentioned. Uh, how I got my comedy career started. I was bugging, bugging Gary for months because I, I thought I was ready as a comedian. And it just so happened I did pretty well at that uh, first ever Red Light Comedy. It was called the Native American Comedy Festival at the time. And did pretty good, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed people laughing with me and not at me like usual. Growing up as a little short, fat, unathletic, awkward boy. Now I'm just a short, heavy, unathletic, awkward old man now. So, but you know, things. Things change. Nevertheless. Kill it, bro. Miigwech. That was, that was a lot of fun, man. Set the tone. Set the tone. I sure did mention him. Because I, I owe him all the uh, the credit in the world for getting this whole comedy thing for me started. Got me in the door, bro. Appreciate that. So, uh, if I ever made it big, I would have been... Uh, would have been... Uh, mention you in my uh, Oscar acceptance speech, so, but there's still time, you know, so we'll, we'll do that, but, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, comedy, family, work, work, uh, doing, uh, working with the youth will be uh, a thing I, I've done for the last, <clears throat> going on 16 years now, and something that, you know, it's really the only thing I know how to do, but it does get stressful, and, you know, you do it for a while, you have to take a break, you know, to, to recharge. <laughs> First ever comedian to get banned from the casino. <clears throat> right up there with the strippers. Me and... Cas <laughs> after that uh, first comedy show, I had a little too much fun at the after party. and That's all, that's all I'll say. And I was asked to leave and uh, come back in six months, just in time for a Native Comedy Jam 2. So that was pretty cool. Appreciated that. Good times, man. We had some good times. Still, well, COVID, probably not. But yeah, I got I got kicked out of <laughs> got kicked out of the casino after my first professional comedy gig, and it wasn't the last time I got kicked out of a casino for. I've been kicked out of eight hotels in three states, and but those are my younger years. I was dumb. Now I'm just old and dumb, so it was uh, quite a quite a ride. You know, I sound like I'm sound like I'm dying or something. I'm not dying. I'm just saying it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But as for everything else, you know, working, I know I got a, a couple uh, speaking. Speaking engagements coming up um, Friday. I have one Friday. Talk to some kids out of school through Zoom and um, 
um, looking to go to Kansas later in the year. <clears throat> I think it's Kansas, is it Kansas or Missouri? So where, wherever the Kickapoo are, some of the Kickapoo, Kickapoo land, I've been asked to, uh, sent, I was sent an offer to go down that way, so that'll be pretty fun. If that works out, I hope it works out, it should work out, so. Heading down south, I'd like to get back down to Arizona, New Mexico, and my homie Rico said Oklahoma would be a good spot, so hopefully I can make it down to Oklahoma too. Um, I'm trying to tell, trying to convince Milo Smith to uh, go book one of those um, conference centers at the casino, book one of those big rooms, go down that way. South Dakota is another good place for comedy. I enjoyed that. Working with uh, Night Shield, who I also who was also mentioned in this book by me. So, but yeah. So hopefully, um. You know, the COVID, the COVID stuff turns around. Uh, I got my first vaccina <coughs> vaccination last week. Um, and I go back on the 25th, I believe, for my, for my second shot. And then I'll be invincible after that, right? Is that how it works? Can you uh, believe that? I don't know. I also got a birthday coming up next week. I'll be 45 years old. Get so close to 50, man. Oh, I have a, uh, a a fundraiser thing on my page here somewhere. So if you wanna, if you look at my fun, my birthday fundraiser, it's a uh, fundraising effort for Red Lake Rosie's Rescue thing. Is that what it's called? You know, our, our tribal um, animal shelter um, protection agency. I don't know what I, I don't know what they are. You know. It's the only the only nonprofit that had a page that um, can take in uh, donations. Why, why why isn't other why isn't other tribal programs that are nonprofits? Why don't they have a, uh, a page available where people can donate? You know why don't, why don't they do that? Do I have to think of everything? Christ. <clears throat> but yeah, do that, people. Donate to my birthday fund. <coughs> for uh, Red Lake Rosie's rescue, animal rescue shelter, rescue shelter, that's what I was trying to say, rescue shelter, but I think, I think that's all I got, I'm going to get going here, I got to pick up all my kids, I got to stop at the store and whatnot, be good for watching, and uh, maybe I'll, maybe this will be a weekly thing, going live, talking shit, yeah man, that sounds, sounds about right, I got to fix my mic too, be good.